This is an ABC podcast. Kitchen Rudimental, a series in which chef and author Annie Smithers investigates the very basics of kitchen craft. It's a new year with Annie Smithers. It's a new year and the sun is shining. Well, it's that time of year. Yeah, but on the back of three years of La Nina, mm. yeah, a bit of sunshine is incredibly welcome for me. Well, hello. To the- hello. <laughs> Happy New Year. Here we are. I'm thinking that the garden must the garden must be loving it. The garden is loving it. It has dried out quite quickly. Quite a, quite amazing how quickly it dries out from the wettest year on record. But um, the amount of growth is. Beautiful. It's very lovely to be entering into that world of tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchinis and the fruit's amazing and it's it's beautiful lettuces. Everything's very happy and lovely. All of which we will talk about and on as we move. This is our fourth year. From March the 8th or something, we will be entering our fourth year of this. And we will, we will move again through the, the glorious seasons and, and their produce and the food that come of it. the rudimental principles that you can apply to all of those things in your home kitchen. Today, however, it, it is an unseen... Well, it, it is... You can do something seasonal with it. Uh, but the, the basic thing is, is, is a constant. I... I wanted to talk about sugar. Very non-PC these days, because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who are choosing not to eat as much sugar or no sugar. Um, and look, on a health benefit thing, there is a lot of benefits of reducing the amount of sugar, but I can't quite remove all of it from my diet. I think the tricky thing, I mean, is is the way in which it's hidden in so much that we eat. That's especially. I mean, this is one of the objections around processed food, isn't it? That it's, it contains stuff. Process, processed food contains enormous amounts of salt and sugar, and those those ingredients are often um, listed, but under names that we don't recognise. So mm. it is a it's a tricky one, and I think that yeah, one of the core objectives that we started with in 2019 was to talk about food that you cook at home and one of the things about cooking food at home is that you know all the ingredients that you're putting in your you know dinner or your biscuits or your whatever um, which means that there's no hidden nasties Mm. and you can make a choice to say well I'm going to make this and it's a bit of a luxe item because it's got more sugar than I would usually like to have but I'm going to do this because the fruit is fantastic and it's the right season for it and I just want to make something beautiful and have a treat whereas going and purchasing something you know same same but different could have all sorts of nasty things in it that you don't want to put in your body, as well as a lot of sugars that may be even more refined than the ones you're eating. Plus there's that, that element of treat, you know, yeah. making something special. Is... Making something really special. Mm. So sugar syrup is one of those things that we make in a kitchen that we use for a lot of things. So a standard sugar syrup is one-to-one water to sugar. So a kilo of water, a kilo of sugar to a litre of water. 
And kitchens will often have sugar syrup in them because the bar likes to make cocktails out of them. <laughs> you know, so the waiters come and steal your sugar, um, your sugar syrup, um, or they call it stock syrup. Uh, but there's a lot of painting of syrups in pastry work. So if you make, say, a Genoise sponge or something that has, you know, layered sponge cake or layered sponge biscuits or whatever in it, you will often dunk them or brush them with a sugar syrup. So think, um, think tiramisu. You know, you have a sugar syrup that has coffee in it and you soak the savoirdi in it. And, you know, that is part of the process of sort of making, you know, adding sweetness to the dish but also using the sugar syrup to carry a flavour through other things. Mm. So, you know, baklava gets sugar syrup poured over it, rum barbers get soaked in sugar syrup. You know, it is, a, it is something that is everywhere in our lives in the kitchen and it, it moistens things and it makes things sort of delicious and, it, you know, it, it, I think it has a beautiful purpose and role in the fundamental and rudimental parts of a lot of dessert cookery. It is. A, it means it's an interesting thing to bracket with salt, as you did, yeah. Because that that sort of sense of of utility and that sense of enhancement, that yeah. sense of sort of almost indescribable increase in the body of something, both of them do it. Yeah, and salt salt has that magic ability to bring out flavour, and sugar also has that too. So if you think if you buy a I don't know, a fairly ordinary part. Well, you buy a punnet of strawberries and you open them up and you're full of expectation and joy <laughs> about these lovely-looking strawberries that you've bought and you take a bite out of one. It's a bit flat and it's a bit lacking. If you dust it in icing sugar and let it macerate in that for a minute or two, that strawberry flavour will be enhanced by the... You know, by the addition of a bit of sugar. So what's happened is that perhaps that strawberry has not seen quite enough sun or it's been picked a tiny bit early or, you know, there's been some reason why it's not as sweet as it should be. And it instantly corrects itself with that little addition of sugar. So it brings out a lot more of the flavour, which I think is very clever. That word macerate, just explain that. Well, when you dust or put, put fruit, particularly soft fruit or cut fruit in sugar, is the sugar immediately starts in the same way that salt does to draw out some of the liquid. So then the sugar dissolves in the liquid, the water that's coming out of the fruit, and creates its own little flavoured sugar syrup to embalm that little piece of fruit in so that it's much more delicious. You can have that on your menu, embalmed fruits. Embalmed strawberries. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a Heston film, doesn't it? Okay, so we have, we have syrup. So we have sugar syrup. Now, sugar syrup then goes, so we use it in things like, you know, brushing cakes and making, making tiramisu and all those sort of things. Sugar syrup uh, that is flavoured with fruit is often turned into that wonderful thing called jelly. <laughs> Do you like jelly? Um, look, um, as, you know, a person of my age and, and place of birth, I grew up with aeroplane jelly, for yes. example. You know, I like aeroplane jelly. <laughs> um, 
I look. I love jelly. I think jelly's jelly is jelly is a fascination to me because of its wobble. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are there are practitioners out there that make an absolute art of jelly making and all those amazing Victorian jelly molds. Yeah, it's just a. I don't know. They're just they're it's pretty silly. spectacular. It thing. is. It's spectacular. Color. Yeah, when it's shape. done right. Mm. It is this amazing architectural but wobbly, it, it just defies everything. Are we going to make jelly? No, we're not going to make jelly. Oh. We're not going to make jelly. I mean, we can make jelly another day, um, but jellies are quite simple to make if you're happy to eat gelatin. So, of course, our vegetarian friends don't eat gelatin because of it's an animal product, but they do get to make jellies and things with agar agar, which is the sort of sea version of uh, gelatin. Um, But adding, if you, for example, have poached some peaches, so yeah, if if I have a glut of beautiful white peaches and I want to do things with them, I will go through a process where I will make different things with the process of using these peaches. So I will make a sugar syrup of one to one. I will then pop my peaches and I'd like them to be nice and ripe. So I'll pop them in the sugar syrup and I'll let them simmer in there for a few minutes depending on their ripeness. I'll slip them out and I'll slip the skins off them because the white peaches, the skins come off very easily. A lot of the yellow ones do, but when you get to the clingstones, that's a whole another box they can be tricky and he's not looking very pleased at the thought of clingstone peaches oh, clingstone peaches and their clingstones and their clingy skin it's not you know it's not a it's not a cardi that's easily slipped off on the clingstones but so i will put po- and then what i will do with that is i will have a a bucket of pink liquid pink sweet liquid which is pink sugar syrup What's the, where's the pink from? The pink's from the colour of the skins on the peaches. So not only is it pink, but it's lightly peach scented. Mm. I'll have my poached fruit that now has its skins off and its stones taken out. And what I will do with that is I will puree some of those peaches. I will puree those peaches and I will add one, two parts of that to one part of the initial sugar syrup and a little bit of lemon juice, and I will make peach sorbet. Yum. Yeah. Immediately yum. Immediately, yeah. (laughs) And then, if I'm feeling really naughty and having a little jelly moment, is I will also take some of that pink sugar syrup that is lightly and mildly peach-flavoured, and I will add some... I will heat a little bit of it and I will soak my gelatin leaves and I will add my add the appropriate amount of uh, sugar syrup and melt the gelatin in it mm. and then I will add, as it cools, I'll add some sparkling wine to it. And then as it sets, it holds, it like magic, it holds the bubble from the sparkling wine. So you have the sweetness of it's like a that it's must be like, a real trick like, of timing though. It's like a Bellini. So, it's like Bellini okay, jelly. Nice. Yeah, that's good. So it has this little. You can feel yeah. the bubble just, but yeah, it is a bit of a trick of timing. It's a fine art, but 
the acidity of a, of a sparkling wine with the sweetness of the peach is a really beautiful combination when it comes to a grown-up jelly. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. It's better than the aeroplane port wine. I do like a bit of aeroplane port wine. I jelly, think we all though. do. Yes. I know, I know. I have met a few people who have failed making jelly though from aeroplane jelly. That is a thing. Some I'll, people I'll can't. Try to it. get my head around yeah, that. Yeah, try and get your head around that. I won't mention that was my vegan wife. Oh, did I just mention that? All right, so all what, right. what are we doing here? We're, we're, we're sorbeting. So. I think next time that we come along, mm -hmm. we will make some strawberry sorbet. How do you feel about that? I think that's an excellent suggestion. All right, Fine but we idea. Do, we do need to talk about... Are they going to be your strawberries? They will be my strawberries. Mm. Um, what sort are you growing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that we're growing... I know that we're growing Cambridge Rival, and I know that this year we've grown some amazing little white strawberries. But there is a strawberry plant that comes from way back in the Malmesbury days that one of my friends slash gardeners planted for me. And I never recorded the name. And it's a big, you know, fully fleshed, lovely Japanese style strawberry um, that has, you know, like many berries, has a different persona in autumn as it does in summer. But I never knew the name. But I've just taken the runners year in, year out. So it just perpetuates in my you garden. Give it a name. My name. Oh, we could call it the J, the JG Strawberry. No, it's sort of you. like the, the Malmesbury mascot. Or... Oh, no, I think the Jonathan Green Strawberry is much better. All right, well, that's next, next time. Yeah. Strawberry Sorbet with Malmesbury mascot or whatever they might be. <laughs> Uh, Eddie, thank you. It's my pleasure. It's lovely to be back. Thank you. Here we go. Get rudimental in your kitchen with your sugar syrup. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.